This is Katie, and welcome to episode 16 of Veteran Entrepreneur Talks. Today, we're chatting with Stuart Grazier, an active-duty Navy pilot and the founder of Storehouse 310 Ventures, which is a turnkey real estate company based in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We talk about how he went from investing $5,000 in a dirt lot in Alabama to building a company that flips three to four houses a month, the importance of having a strong why for your company, and the challenges of building a business while on his 18th year of active duty in the Navy. Spoiler alert, he wakes up at four o'clock in the morning. For show notes and a list of resources mentioned in this podcast, head over to veteranownedcollective.com slash podcast. Let's get started. All right. Joining me today is Stuart Grazier, who is calling in from Denver, Colorado. He's currently active duty in the Navy, and he's the founder of Storehouse 310 Ventures, which is a turnkey real estate company. Stuart, welcome to Veteran Entrepreneur Talks. Hey, Katie. Thanks. I really appreciate you having me on, and it's fun to be here. Yeah, I'm looking forward to our our conversation. Um, Before we jump in and learn a little bit more about your business and what it's like to be active duty and run a business on the side, I'd love to learn a little bit more about your background. Like, Tell me where you grew up. Yeah. Um, so I'm originally from Dallas, Texas, um, and, uh, kind of born and raised there and moved to central Texas about, um, halfway through my younger years. Um, and then ended up going to the Naval Academy class of 2002. And we were just talking a couple of my classmates have already been on your show. And uh, so it's fun to see that. Um, and then graduated from the Naval Academy in 2002 and, uh, went, went to flight school, became a, a pilot and uh, flew helicopters was out in uh, San Diego for 10 years out there and then um, transitioned to what they call full-time support in the Navy, which is kind of like active reserves and flew C-40s for a couple of years um, and then have kind of been doing like staff jobs. And now I'm the uh, executive officer at the the NOS, the Navy Reserve Center in Denver, Colorado with uh, okay. 18 years in and, and two to go. Wow. That's a, that's a lot longer than I made it. I props to you for that. Yeah, um, thanks. I'm curious, like, what prompted you to apply the Naval Academy? Did you always want to join the military? Um, the movie Top Gun. That was it. <laughs> what else? <laughs> uh, I mean, so I had a, a good friend um, uh, that I grew up with and his older brother went to the Naval Academy and he invited me to go to a football game um, when I was in high school. I think it was like a freshman in high school and it was uh, Navy versus SMU, which was in Dallas. And, uh, you know, I watched them like march on the field and then there's like airplanes flying over and just like all the camaraderie and, and just, you know, I, I met with them afterwards. They had like tailgaters and just like, it, it was just such a cool environment. And then also the movie Top Gun. But uh, <laughs> I, I was just like super, it just got me really excited about uh, just uh, the camaraderie. And I've always kind of been one that has wanted to serve and, you know, kind of do something with the bigger and higher purpose. Um, so I was hooked. Yeah. Um, so how upset are you that Top Gun 2 has been delayed? I'm pretty upset. Super, super upset. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I was fired up about going to watch that. So, yeah. but Same. I know it'll be awesome. It, even if it's not awesome, I'm still going to go and I'm still going to love it. So it doesn't yeah. matter, right? Yeah. It's, it's funny though, because, you know, what got me to go to the Naval Academy was, you know, this awesome, like, jet pilot movie and, and I never became a jet pilot. You know, I, I decided early on that I wanted to become a helicopter pilot and, you know, those guys are cool too. Still so. very cool. Still yeah. very cool. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, so you are now um, working at this reserve center and so that is a full-time job for you, correct? Correct. Yep. So tell me how 310 Ventures came to life. How long have you been working on this and how did that fit into your quote unquote day job? Yeah. So I had started doing a little uh, real estate investing er- early on uh, in my Navy career. It was actually when I was in flight school in Pensacola that a friend of mine was buying raw land 
in Alabama, right on the other side of the border from Florida. And he was telling me about it. And I was like, Oh, that sounds really cool. That sounds interesting. And, you know, I had some cash saved up from, you know, just uh, having a paycheck now as an ensign in the Navy. And so I went over to to Alabama and just talked to like a, a local realtor there, just random, you know, person that I picked out of the blue. And he showed me a raw piece of land, like in a new development. It was like a kind of a half acre lot um, in this new development. And it was for sale for $50,000. And so I could put $5,000 down and get a loan on it. And um, so that's what I did. It's just no idea what I was doing. Mm -hmm. I was just kind of copying what my friend was doing and, you know, kind of hoping for the best. And uh, shortly after I bought it, a hurricane came through, you know, the Gulf Coast and like Uh wiped out like the whole entire area. And I was, I was like, oh man, there goes my investment. But I just sat on it for a little while. And uh, about nine months later, the same realtor reached back out to me. He's like, hey, um, your lot is the last one in the development. It's, it's gotten, it's come back. And someone wants to buy your lot for uh, $90,000. Wow. And I bought it for 50 and I only put 5,000 into it. And I was like, sold, this is <laughs> awesome. Hooked. And uh, yeah, I hooked from there. I really was. And uh, uh, so that was kind of like my first little like venture into real estate. And I took that money and I moved to San Diego, used that capital to put on a down payment on a house in San Diego. Um, and, you know, obviously San Diego was incredibly expensive in comparison to, um, you know, Gulf yeah. coast, Alabama, right. but it was kind of like my, my starting point into real estate. And, you know, from then I just kind of started learning stuff and trying different little niches and just kind of dabbling in different, uh, things within the real estate world, um, mm-hmm. ever since. And then storehouse retail venture started about two years ago, uh, with my college roommate, uh, David Gutierrez. And, uh, we always, you know, talk kind of compared notes. We started talking about just different ideas of what we're going to do after the Navy. Mm-hmm. Um, he had actually purchased some real estate uh, through a so-called turnkey company um, out of Chicago. And I had, at the same time, similar story, kind of purchased some turnkey real estate through a company in Alabama. And we both had really, really bad experiences. Um, his was way worse than mine. Just the company that he used was uh, just, you know, they were incredibly shady. Like they just did a lot of stuff that was dishonest to the point where he was going to take them to court. Wow. And um, they ended up settling and paying him like $20,000 just to not go to court. And so. For those who don't know, like, can you explain what turnkey real estate is and what kinds of yeah. problems you encountered? Absolutely. Yeah. So the turnkey style, the turnkey model, if you will, is um, where an investor can basically buy a house, a rental property that has been fully rehabbed, fully, it's rented, it has property management in place. And you can just buy this rental property that's already producing cash flow. So it really is like a turnkey model. So you're, you're buying it and you could buy it from anywhere in the world. The, the idea is it's somewhat of a passive investment. And mm-hmm. you know, you're going to rely on the team and the property management company to manage it for you. And you basically just you know, receive the profits on a monthly basis from, from the rental. And, you know, that can go south really fast depending on what team you choose. Cause there's a lot of things uh, prior to you buying it that must happen to make the investment go, go well. And, you know, from rehabbing the property to the team that you're using, to the management company, to the tenants, to the location, right. you know, all those are factors that come into play. And uh, there's just a lot of stuff that went wrong. Um, with our experience of buying from other companies. And so we wanted to 
make a company and do it the right way because we think the, this turnkey idea is really a good strategy for people exactly like us in the military. You know, we're, we're moving every three years. Uh, a lot of times if we're in the Navy or the Marine Corps, we're in very expensive locations. You know, we're in San Diego, we're right. in Washington, D.C., you know, and from a rental and an investment perspective, the, the numbers don't make sense in those locations. So we wanted to make a company that uh, we could help our fellow service members within our network um, get into real estate. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. I think a lot of companies start because the founder or someone that the founder knows experience a pain point and a problem. They think, hey, I can do this better. So that sounds like that's exactly what happened with you and your partner. So you identify this opportunity. And I, I, a lot of the folks I talk to and a lot of the people that come to the VOC, you know, there's this struggle between idea and execution. So how did you guys move from, hey, here's an opportunity to, okay, we're actually doing this and this is now a business? Yeah. You know, a lot of it has just been like, learn as you go with building out a business. Um, you know, we had had quite a bit of experience within, you know, the real estate world. You know, we had both purchased and owned rental properties. Um, you know, we had both rehabbed properties and done kind of a fix and flip type model. Mm -hmm. And so we knew how to do that. You know, the biggest challenge was to kind of build out a team because, you know, I live in Denver, Colorado. My business partner, David, lives in Annapolis, Maryland. Um, but we decided to open up a company in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. <laughs> and yeah, so like we had to build out a team like that, that we would trust. And we had the, you know, that had the same core values and that had the, the mission and the mindset uh, that we have. And so, you know, we were really fortunate to find that pretty early on. We found kind of like a, a power couple that had been um, in Milwaukee for a long time. They weren't veterans, um, but just loved what we loved what our mission was. We kind of explained what we, you know, what we really wanted to do, how we wanted to serve and give back. And they just jumped on board. And the woman, she was been a realtor for a long, long time. And her husband was a general contractor for a long, long time. And so it was just like, it was just perfect. And they had a bunch of contacts. Um, so we started building out this team and, you know, from there we've just kind of grown and it's just been, uh, you know, a little trial and error. You know, we, we have some ideas, we try it see if it works. We tested it out first on us. Like we bought houses first. Yeah. Uh, we tested the rehabs. We tested the property management company. You know, we owned the properties first before we started kind of throwing it out to, you know, to our network. Mm -hmm. So what does your business look like today? Like how many properties, like how many customers, what, what is that? And how big is your team? Yeah. So we have, um, we still have a pretty small team. We actually just hired two individuals. So we have not including David and myself, we have a team of, of four, that really are part of Storehouse 310 Ventures. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we have a, a marketing manager we just hired. We have just like a admin assistant transaction coordinator that we just hired. And we have our realtor project manager and our construction general contractor um, manager. Mm -hmm. um, and then we hire out contracting crews uh, to do the work for us. So um, right now we have three separate contracting crews. Uh, we're looking to, you know, probably add on a few more as we, as we grow and scale, but yeah. We're averaging three to four houses a month. We've done a little over 60 houses in the last two years. Um, and we're on path to do about 40 houses just this year. So yeah, it's, it's, it's been good. That sounds like great growth and a good solid first two years. I, I have to ask, like, why Milwaukee? Yeah. Um, so Milwaukee is where David, my business partner, purchased his turnkey houses his wife is from Wisconsin and they travel back to Milwaukee quite often to, uh, to go visit family. 
And that wasn't really the only reason why. Um, we started looking into different markets and doing you know, some kind of data analysis and looking at you know, the, you know, the economics of the cities. And mm-hmm. we just really liked what we saw in Milwaukee. One, it's just, it's very affordable. You know, the houses there go for $100,000 instead of, you know, Mm -hmm. $500,000. And, you know, the, from an investment perspective, like you can actually have positive cash flow there. And then we liked what we saw as far as just economic drivers. It's a very diverse economy and it has quite a few different types of jobs and type of types of industries. So, Mm -hmm. you know, something like COVID wouldn't like majorly impact the major, you know, one industry in a city like other cities have. Um, you know, there's quite a few different types of industry and there's actually quite a few different Fortune 500 companies that are headquartered there, which was really surprising to us when we started doing research. Okay. So like some familiarity with the area, strong fundamentals, and like also this lower price point that you can actually get in on. I'm curious, you know, have you, I've read a couple articles about institutional investors getting into this real estate game and buying like the kinds of properties that you're targeting now that may have not been, you know, big enough for them previously, but now they're starting to see opportunity. Has that affected your business at all? Like your ability to win bids? So there, there's always that factor, you know, like you have like the I buyers and um, they're going in. And I, I think a market like Milwaukee, Wisconsin, isn't like super sexy and, and not a lot of people are like, are talking about it too much. So I don't know if like there's as much demand in that market as, as other markets. There absolutely is competition there. I think it's more so from just local, you know, local investors and local buyers. Okay. Um, so we'll keep the secret. Don't tell anybody. All right. About, we'll uh, we, got yeah, we, don't, we don't want we don't want hedge fund guys going into uh, into Milwaukee. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So so it sounds like this is like on a strong growth trajectory. Like you have good partners, and I think like everything. I, I'm not a real estate investor, but everything I've read is is spot on with what you said. Like the right partners to help you, especially on the general contractor side, and also on like identifying the properties because you can't do that all yourself, especially if you're not there. So it sounds like a great start. So I'm I'm yeah. curious to know, you know, as you guys are building out this, going from individually investing to becoming a team and doing this like in a way that's repeatable, what kind of challenges have you, have you come across that maybe you weren't expecting? Yeah. You know, I think the most important thing is finding the right people, especially, you know, because we're, we're not there. Right. Um, so you have to find uh, the people that are going to grow with you and, you know, we, we've had some challenges for sure. Um, like I said, we were very, very fortunate to find that, that, you know, the core couple that was right off the front, mm-hmm. but David and I spent a lot of time even ahead of that. to like kind of figure out, um, you know, our purpose, our why, our mission, what we really wanted to see, you know, so we, we used the book, uh, traction, uh, by Gino Wickman. And we, I mean, we took that, like the EOS, the, the entrepreneurial operating system and like the VTO where you like lay out your, you know, your 10 year vision, your three year plan, your one year goals and your rocks. And like, we laid all of that out and spent a lot of time on it and, you know, wrote out our core values. And then we, we kind of use those to find our team members. And, you know, if you, if you don't have the right team members that have those, that same, that same vision and, you know, seeing themselves grow with the team and the company and having those same core values, it's really hard to build a team. Uh, that's like the first like, foremost thing that, that we had to do. So we spent a lot of time on that. We've made some mistakes. We've hired some people, especially on the contractor side. You know, we've hired some people that, you know, they, they said that they had these core values and 
when it comes down to making a decision of, of either losing money or doing the right thing, uh, we saw that they made the decision to, you know, make money instead of doing the right thing. And mm-hmm. we were, we should have fired them probably a lot faster than we did, which is, you know, kind of one of the lessons learned is uh, hire slow and fire fast. Right. And, you know, we should have fired them the first time we saw it going south and we didn't, we kind of gave them a couple extra chances and it kind of burned us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, it makes sense to give someone at least one more chance. Right. I think, but I think like you said, having a North star and understanding, you know, what is the criteria and the lens through which you're looking at your partners and your opportunities, it just makes it easier to say no, or to say you're not a good fit. Right. If you've already done that work yeah. Uh, and all that traction is a great book. I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes. Like how did you find out about that by the way? Like, did you, did you just come across it or? Yeah. It's just, I think there's like through people within our network, yeah. um, you know, there's some, there's some other people that uh, are in the real estate investing world and have, have been mm-hmm. building out a business. And, you know, one individual that we, that we kind of follow a lot, that's a couple of years ahead of us and building out businesses. Like, you know, he recommended it. And so okay. we kind of got on board. Yeah. yeah. Power, power of networking and, yeah. and putting your heads together with other people who are facing similar problems. Very important. Right. So you mentioned, you know, a couple of resources like your networks and a couple of books and on operating systems. What are the resources have you taken advantage of and have any of them been military specific as you're building this business? Yeah. I mean, so, you know, one thing that, that I would just recommend to anyone is just continuous learning, you know, listening to podcasts. Like I listen to podcasts every day. And, you know, uh, before COVID when I was driving to work every single day and not working from home every day, but I, you know, I'd be listening to podcasts and that's it. Like podcasts, books, you know, audio books, you know, always learning, trying to learn something new there. But I would say that the biggest thing that has really helped me move the needle is ingraining myself into a mastermind group. I ended up uh, with another individual. We started a mastermind group together um, and it was solely focused on, on military and veterans that are interested in real estate investing. Um, we called it the the real estate war room mastermind and just surrounding yourself around people that have, you know, this, the same goals, the same visions, have the same experiences and have that, you know, just that like-minded individual surround yourself around those people that are successful that hold, that are holding you accountable to, you know, what you say you're going to do has incredibly boosted um, my success in the last, we started it about a year and a half ago and I've found more success just, just with that alone. Yeah. I think that's very, very important. Um, what is that saying? Like you're the average, of the five people you spend the most time with and yep. then also surrounding yourself with people that are actually more successful because they're going to push you, right? Like if you're, it's all well and good to have friends with different experiences, but specifically with the business, you need to be around people who are trying to bust through every goal that they've set and have that kind of mentality. Cause it's going to yep. push you to keep up. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, guys within my little small group, I mean, two guys have like hundreds of units, you know, own more, wow. like apartment complexes and mobile home parks. And another guy's writing a book and it's about to be released. Um, you know, so there's just some like high level type people in our group and it really does. It just pushes you to, yep. to grow. Elevates everyone. Yeah, I totally mm-hmm. agree. I've been uh, part of a couple as well. And I, I wholeheartedly agree. I think it's it's very important. And it, it can be very informal too, right? Like for those who are listening, you don't know, maybe there isn't like an existing mastermind for like your specific industry. First of all, it doesn't have to be industry specific. And second of all, it can be like a couple of your buddies having coffee once a yeah. week. And if it's virtual at this point, right? Just to start. Absolutely. So I Okay. So it sounds like this is something that you are, you're building intentionally because you know that you're getting out in a couple of years. So like, what does the next couple of years look like for you? And, and, and where is storehouse going to be when you hit yeah. your mark? 
Yeah, um, it's funny you ask that because just recently our team did a level 10 meeting, which is kind of one of the, the EOS uh, things that you do. And, and we laid out a vision um, for where Storehouse was going. And literally David and I have, have started three separate LLCs within the last like two weeks. And um, so, you know, we see Storehouse, so Storehouse 310 Ventures is, you know, the turnkey company. That's it's basically like the flipping piece, you know, we're buying houses that need a lot of work. We're rehabbing them. We're putting rent, renters in them and, and, we're, and we're selling them off. We also just started a holding company where we're going to take some of those properties and start moving them into there to hold for ourselves because we need to start taking advantage of the properties that we're getting. Right. So we just created that company. Um, we are hoping to open up a brokerage, like a, a real estate brokerage where not only we have the investment side of the house, but we can have just, you know, the normal, uh, real estate transactions for home buyers, and add that to our our you know repertoire of of businesses. Um, we have a couple of people within our team that either have their licenses or are getting their licenses, and so you know the plan is to open up a brokerage. Um, we're starting to talk about open up a property management company to manage all the houses that mm. we turn over to investors, and then we are we just built a, an overall holding company that uh, we're also using as uh, partnership opportunities to go do other things. Um, we're buying a mobile home park in Colorado pretty soon. And uh, so, you know, there's lots of other things going on. Okay. So you've taken that kind of core business offering and you're expanding around that. Yep. Yep. Kind of do some vertical and some horizontal integration there to, uh, to build out. And is your partner still in the military? Yep. He is. Yeah. He's, okay. uh, he's the same 18 years. He's uh, the commanding officer of, of a cyber command uh, at Fort Meade in Maryland. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to ask actually how you make time for all this around your quote unquote day job. How, how does that work? Some early mornings. <laughs> uh, I, I literally get up at 4am every single day. And uh, okay. so, yeah, I mean, I, I would say like the core, the core time to focus on our business is like 4am to 630. Right now it's been a little bit easier just because most of the time I'm staying home. And yeah. so I can, I can focus a little bit more on the business um, while at home on a, on a regular computer and not have to be, you know, getting sidetracked from Navy stuff. God, the whole Navy job <laughs> thing. It's getting in my way. No, I'm just joking. Um, I mean, honestly, just having the commute time back, like that's what, an hour a day? Probably yeah. all in, maybe maybe more for some people. And you can you can use that time to, that for me, that's been a huge productivity boost. Yep, absolutely. Yep. And there's lots of meetings that really probably don't need to happen. So um, a lot of people are realizing that all those Zoom enables that, uh, at least in the civilian side, is, <laughs> continue to have those, but um, it, it is getting fewer and fewer. Yeah. Uh, I am curious. I, I just want to ask a couple of more pointed questions. Like for those who are listening and, you know, when, when I think about this, even for myself, like about getting into the real estate game, like how do you even get started with the, the financial investment that's required? I know you mentioned your first investment was $5,000, for example, but um, for those who are in markets, maybe where the investments are, you know, a little bit higher or they're, they're looking to buy a property that's, 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 you know, a little more than your initial investment. Like where do you even get started to, to fund those kinds of things? Yeah. I mean, so, you know, the first thing I would tell, and, and this is, I mean, this is really for everybody, but you know, for the active duty people, there are lots of opportunities to save up money and, you know, to live below your means, to take advantage of when you're going on deployments to, to really like decrease the amount of expenses you have and, and just like increase that savings rate. And so when you're coming back from deployments, like you have such a, a, a you know, a, a start to having some capital to go deploy and, and use. And if you're smart about your expenses and don't go blow it on, on stupid stuff like I did when I was super young, 
yeah. you know, there, there's lots of opportunities to, to really build out some capital to go and invest um, wisely. Um, so that's the first thing. And then to your point about like a lot of us that uh, are living in more expensive areas, and that's why we love this, you know, this turnkey uh, strategy because I mean, we're in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, it's in the Midwest and, you know, really investing um, is, is just as much about the team that you're investing with than it is about uh, the property or the market or whatever else. And so if you can, you know, trust, put your trust and faith in a team and, you know, that's what most, that's what all of our investors are doing with us. You know, we, we inherently have a trust because we're, we're both in the military, right? For the most part, I'd say 95% of the investors that invest with us are military wow. or, a vet, or a veteran. And so there's that first inherent trust right away between, you know, the military connection. Um, and then, you know, as you start to get to know them and create a relationship with them, you start to get to um, trust them more and know that they're going to do the right thing for you um, when it comes to your money, your investment. And so if you can do that and find a team like that, it's way easier to invest in a market that you've never been to, that you don't know anything about because you're investing in the team. You're not so much investing on the actual property itself or the market. Mm-hmm. Keeps and obviously, obviously the numbers still have to make sense, right? But mm-hmm. um, there's lots of turnkey companies all over the U.S., um, but it really is, I think, about the team. Yeah, it keeps coming back to that, right? I think that's the long pole in the tent here. I'm curious to know uh, if... Did you ever take any advantage of uh, some of the military-specific uh, resources, like the SBA, for example, VBOC, or maybe even some of the loan programs, like when you were getting started? Um, so we haven't done the SBA. I've looked into it a little bit, but haven't dove in too much. Um, you know, obviously, we've I've personally used the VA loan. I think the mm-hmm. VA loan is incredible. It's a great part. Um, it's such a good opportunity to to get into uh, real estate and. You know, there are lots of different strategies that you can use uh, to take advantage of just by using the VA. You know, I'm sure everyone, if if you've heard of real estate investing at all, people, you've probably heard about this term called house hacking, where, I mean, so the VA alone, you can buy up to a fourplex. You can buy a single family, a duplex, a triplex, or a fourplex. And, you know, if you can buy a fourplex with zero money out of your pocket and you're renting out three of the other units it's basically going to be paying your mortgage and probably plus some, you're going to be making money off of the other renters with zero of your own money. I mean, it's, it's, it's such an incredible opportunity and now there's no limit. So you can go, I mean, I know a guy who bought a fourplex in San Diego for like $1.5 million and he's like an E seven in, in the, in the Marine Corps or E six in the Marine Corps. And, you know, he got approved for a $1.5 million loan with zero money out of his own pocket in San Diego and renting out the three other units and he's making money. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. yeah. Those opportunities are there. I think the VA loan is one of the best perks that we have along with like the GI bill. Yep. Um, but yeah, there's lots of ways to get started. And there's that term, the OPM, other people's money, and you can make that work, right? Like you absolutely, whether it's the VA's money or, or, or an investor, there's ways to get in there, get creative. So I know that there's a lot of other people that are looking at what you're doing and thinking like, I'd love to do that, whether it's real estate or business, and so I'd love to know if you have a piece or two of advice for other vets who are considering becoming entrepreneurs. Yeah. You know, I think the first and foremost thing is just, you have to get educated. You have to educate yourself. Um, but there's going to be a, a time when you, I mean, you can continue to educate and educate and educate and never take action, but at some point you have to take action. You have to start and you're not going to know everything. Like we're still learning every single day and, and we make mistakes. Um, but you know, 
if you have this mindset that you are you are going to make mistakes in, but you will learn from them and and make yourself better for it. And I think that's what you have to kind of wrap your head around is you have to at some point take action and, and just start and just do it. Just get started. I love that yep. piece of advice. Okay, well, Stuart, thank you so much for chatting with us. I really enjoyed our conversation. If people want to get a hold of you, can you let them know the best way? What's the best way to reach you? Yeah. Um, so our company is Storehouse 310 Ventures. Uh, we have a website, storehouse310turnkey.com. I'm very active on LinkedIn as well. If, if you want to connect on LinkedIn, just look me up, Stuart Grazier. And then, um, you know, we talked about the mastermind a lot. Uh, if you don't mind me just plugging that, if, if people are interested, if, if you're a military or a veteran and you are interested in real estate, we do have a mastermind group and uh, you can email us at wrmastermind at gmail.com. And we'd love to have you join. Okay, great. And I'll drop all that in the show notes for those who want to connect with Stuart. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And uh, really enjoyed having you on the show. Thanks for your time, Stuart. Yeah. Thanks, Katie. It was a lot of fun. And that's our show for today. For show notes and a list of resources mentioned in this podcast, head over to veteranocollective.com slash podcast. Join us next week for a conversation with Army veteran Abe Kmark, who is the founder of TrueMade Foods. TrueMade Foods is a line of low-sugar, healthy condiments that's carried in stores like Whole Foods and Wegmans. See you next week.